Good morning, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48, and the rest of the world. This is Bruce Lindquist with his podcast, Wonderful Announcement. Hey guys, I just want to thank all of you for taking 30 to 60 minutes out of your lives to listen to the first two podcasts, Scandalous Woman and Castaways. A special shout out to the United States for being number one in downloads for the month of February, and in Germany for being number one for the month of March. And you're the epicenter for Europe for the gospel going forward. 400 downloads so far. Keep downloading, guys. If you're new to my podcast, I've been a counselor the last 35 years. And I get to go on these amazing journeys as each person I meet is sacred and made in the image of God. The most amazing journey, however, continues to be my relationship with the wonderful counselor, who is Jesus. Now you may be saying, oh, not a podcast about religion. Before you decide to not listen, give me a hearing. It's 30 minutes at most out of your life. You see, everyone believes in something, even if it's atheism. I have not yet met a person who's not religious about something. Those who are active in their addictions, for example, are very religious about their drug of choice. And they even have rituals. I'm sure you too have religion even if it's yourself or some cause you believe in. Following Jesus, though, is more than a religious practice. It's a relationship from love to being loved. Speaking of which, at the end of today's podcast, I'll be releasing my new song, which I'm really excited about, guys. It's called Without Love. So instead of my jamming out at the end with our usual theme music, I'm going to be sharing with you guys my song. And I'm going to explain later on what I mean by love. I start this podcast with a question. Who's the bravest, most courageous woman in the Bible? Now, as you ponder that question, probably Esther comes to mind. After all, she risked her life for her people. Or perhaps Mary, Jesus' mom. How courageous did she have to be, being pregnant out of wedlock in a culture of stoning? And to trust God to bring her By Holy Spirit, baby Jesus, God is with us. Yet, when I think of heroines, I don't look for the usual suspects. In other words, those who are well-known. Instead, I look for those who have a brief appearance in Scripture. But their life stories are inspiring. In case you haven't noticed, popularity, fame, recognition are not the focus of this podcast. I mean, if you think about it, Jesus went to people popular society and religion wanted nothing to do with. And you know what, guys? He still does. In the scriptures, we meet a woman, and like so many before her, she has no name. She has a medical condition where she bleeds with barely a touch, and she fears bleeding out. Her body's that fragile. Now, as a counselor, I meet people as adults who've had trauma happen in their life. So let's say a person is born blind. Their reaction is much different than one who knew sight and lost it. The person who used to be able to see now grieves their inability to see. And such is the case of the woman found in three of the four Gospels. However, I will be focusing on the Gospel of Mark. Mark wrote like Joe Friday, and for those of you old enough to remember Dragnet, His saying was, just the facts. And that's what Mark does. He gives us just the facts. So imagine, if you would, your life is healthy. You're accepted in your society. 
even called beautiful by some. You have hopes, a career, future marriage, and children on the horizon. Those around you support your hopes and dreams and desires. And life is not perfect, but it's a good life. Your local place, place of worship has a, a place for you. And even though you're considered a second-class citizen because you're a woman, within your culture, you're doing just about as good as a woman can do during this time. You love the outdoors, and you spend a little time as possible in your home because life is out there. One day you notice there's red on your garment. You don't know how it happened, but you're bleeding. At first, it isn't much of a concern. But when the bleeding doesn't stop easily, now it gets your attention. You now know you are unclean in the eyes of your religion, your society. So you try to hide your secret, but the blood finds you. Soon, word is out, you are unclean. And the society that embraced you, the religion that welcomed you, now you find that you're shunned. And instead of pursuing your goals, you hide at home. And you're afraid not only bumping into something and bleeding, but those cruel words again. Unclean! And so you abandon yourself and all your dreams to just survive. The word hopeless was a foreign word to you, but now it feels like home. You pray to God that he would heal you, but you're taunted by some of the townspeople. God made you unclean. You were un too unclean to be healed. You are cursed by God. You're in exile among your own people. And you suffer this condition for 12 years. For 12 years, no one touches you. No man would want you. No possibility of children. No future, just misery. You start even feeling resentment to anyone who has a better life than you do. After all, it wasn't that long ago. Life was beautiful. And now it's a tomb you're waiting to die in. Does this sound vaguely familiar? Can you imagine having to stay home and being afraid of going, giving someone a disease that could kill them? This woman went from being outside to trapped inside. Perhaps you felt like that during the pandemic. Being afraid to breathe on someone or others, being afraid you would breathe on them. People used to welcome you and now see you as a threat to their very existence. Now imagine, you've lived that life for 12 years. You see, humans need other human touch. Infants are known to have died without someone touching them. This pandemic has not only caused a lot of death, but an attachment disorders will be in epidemic proportion, especially with moms and infants because of the importance of our brains, our socialization, and nurturing, and seeing someone's face. This woman lived in her own epidemic. Her world contracted to just her. Now imagine you're this woman, and you've cried yourself to sleep so many nights, and you feel beyond sad, but you have no tears left. It's like you once were a raging fire, and all that's left is your last ember before you have nothing left. One day, in just your breathing existence, you overhear people talking about a man who heals diseases. Reports day after day just keep flooding through. You then hear that the man was seen headed in your direction, just outside of town, and will pass right by your home. For a brief moment, you feel a flicker of hope. 
just that barely lit ember. That's all that's left. And now this thought enters your mind. Will he heal me? You wait at the window and this man, for this man to appear on the road, and you hear the crowds. People coming from everywhere, streets swollen with people, more than you've ever seen. You see a man coming, the crowd is swarming, you hope you'd be alone with him and ask for your healing, but your heart falls as the crowd. How do you get through it without bleeding and risking your life and more humiliation? It feels that ember of your last hope going out. You know if you don't risk everything, this is your last chance. Then you hear the whisper from your heart. Just touch his garment and you'll be healed. At first, you try to make the voice subside, but he gets stronger. So you bolt out of the house, running through the crowd, bowling people over, but not daring to look at their faces. And the thought continues, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. You're pushed back by the sea of people, and you notice the blood pouring, but you will not be deterred. You finally reach out and barely touch the man's garment, and instantly power surges through you like lightning, and you're healed. The blood that was weeping out of your body is gone. You're healed. You stand there in shock. Then it's like the crowd just goes away. It's still there, but all you can see is the man you touched. You then hear him say, who touched me? which causes echoes of guilt, and you wonder if you took something you were not meant to have. The men and women who are with him say, Seriously, Jesus? There are people still touching you, and they're touching us, this whole crowd. And we would like them to, and we'd like them to stop touching us. Jesus said, though, I felt power go out from me. Who touched me? Then you come forward and confess you're the one who touched him and you wait for the curtain of shame to fall. To hear those words again, you can't be healed, you're too unclean, you're cursed by God. You brace yourself for the worst. Will he take back the healing? The silence is deafening. You can hear your heart beating a million miles an hour. Then he says these words, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. You can't believe your ears. What did he call you? It can't be. Your heart is overflowing. Words fill your soul. Daughter, he called me daughter. What a beautiful name. You've been healed physically, but emotionally, you again are family. You're connected. You aren't just family. You are Jesus' beloved daughter daughter. Tears now not of sadness pour out of your body like waterfall, but their joy. You're no longer defined by your disease. You're defined by God's love. Daughter. Not cursed by God. But daughter. Are you guys getting this? Do you feel it? Twelve years she's had this affliction. And God heals her, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And he names her. He calls her daughter.
When's the last time that you felt like you were a daughter of God? When's the last time that God's word was louder than the curse words that you heard about you? When was the last time that you were not defined by your disease or by society or by the religion around you, but by the God who loves you? I want you to go back to the second podcast where I said, I will show you castaways, how to get off your island. This woman shows you just how to do that. See, she brought her shipwreck to Jesus and left all those other ways she tried to cope with her life, her island, and she abandoned all her hope on Jesus. See, there's no other way to be healed. You need to let go of all of those barriers that kept you on the island and risk it all with Jesus. It's the only way off the island. Now you may be saying, I don't have a blood disease. I can't relate to any of this at all. May I say to you, we all have a blood disease. It is the greatest pandemic that has ever plagued from the first human to the last. That blood disease is sin. As we approach Good Friday, actually today is Good Friday, and Easter Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate Jesus healing our blood disease with his blood. You see, unlike the blood condemning this woman, all God's blood was poured out for your healing. You see, once the blood disease is healed, you even can know your real name. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God but separated from him by your disease. Jesus died to heal you of your issue of blood, and like this woman, you can experience a new life. Oh, it's that simple, you may say. No, there's nothing simple about this. To bring Jesus to your shipwreck, to wade through the crowds of fear and doubt and pain and all those voices, that's not easy by any means. But it's the only way if you want to be spiritually healed. You see, as we get ready to celebrate Good Friday, we're reminded that Jesus died for us. He died for our sins. He died for those things that were destroying us. He saved us from ourselves. But in order to die, in order for him to give his life for you, you also need to die too. In fact, Scripture says that when Jesus went on the cross and died for you, you died with him. And then you go in the tomb with him. You guys have been living in a tomb for a long time. Many of you have. And then he raises you up by his Holy Spirit. So when we celebrate Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Scripture says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. You die and you are raised in Christ to life. That's how this works. You surrender your shipwreck. You, sh you surrender all the ways you've tried to manage your shipwreck that kept you stuck on the island. And you surrender your life to Jesus who died for you on a cross, who took all your sins, who took all those words that were naming and defining and controlling your life. And he died on a cross with them for you. That's the gospel message. It kills your sin 
and it raises you to life in Christ. And that's what you were created to be. See, you weren't created to be a castaway. You were created to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. So I wanted to um, just give you an invitation. I go ahead and uh, in each of my podcasts take a moment and just pray with you. This is Good Friday. This is Resurrection Sunday coming up. And I just ask you to join in this prayer. God, I don't know if I believe in you. But I do know this. I have only an ember left. And I heard that you went on a cross to forgive my sins. I heard that I could actually have a relationship with you and that you love me and you did all of that for me. And all that's required is that I believe that you did that. I trust that that was sufficient for me and I bring you my shipwreck. All the would've, could've, should'ves. All my past experiences, what people have done to me, what I've done to others, all the regrets, the addiction, whatever it is, God, the trauma I've been through. Lord, I've been carrying in my body physical, emotional, sexual abuse. I give that to you. And I believe, I dare to believe, that as you hung on that cross and you said, forgive them, Father, I'm forgiven. And not only that, but I died with you. I die to a life that's temporal. I die to a life that that sin is a master of. I die to me being my own God. Because I suck at it. And I go in the tomb with you. And the Holy Spirit raises me up just like Holy Spirit did you from the tomb, from the grave, to a new life. And you place your Holy Spirit in me. The very Spirit of God lives in me. And that you said you won't leave me or forsake me. You didn't say I have to do this life perfectly, but I'm perfectly loved by you. And it's out of that love that motivates me to continue on. Your love compels me Not my own ego, not my own ambition, not my own sin, but your love. And you transform me from the inside out. And that, God, it's not that I'm going to lose my quirky personality. I'm still going to dress the same way I dressed. I'm still going to kind of act a little bit the same way that I acted. My personality doesn't change. What changes is that which would destroy me. And you make me a vessel, God, that has the capacity to love, and to be loved. And not only that, but you don't give up until you complete the work that you started in me. See, you meet me where I'm at, but you love me too much to leave me there. And I trust you through that. And then you have a heavenly home for me. My eternity, this is just a drop in the bucket. My eternity is with you. And I believe when you said, I am the resurrection and life, that my death and my resurrection happens now, the moment I give my life to you. 
Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you that I could die with you. And thank you that you've rose me alive, new in Christ, with your spirit dwelling in me. And my whole life will be about how do I love you by loving others myself, by learning the language of love, by learning how to live in the kingdom of God here on earth until you bring me home. Thank you for my resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to your resurrection. Welcome to your new life in Christ. So, I want to tell you a little bit about this song. In Scripture, there are a few words that describe God. The apostle tries to find how, how can I capture God in just a word. You know what that word is? It's love. It's love. That doesn't mean that's all there is to God, but it's as close to any word we have to describe God. In the Old Testament was I am, is what God said. I am love. God is the perfect embodiment of love. And it's just not any love. See, he's not going to let you define his love. He's a holy love. See, these days love can mean anything. But here's what it means in scripture. And here's my song. Love gives your imagination eyes to see. Love opens the prison doors and sets the captives free. Love is forever and always will be God. And always will be God. Because love is God. Love is not a feeling that fades away. Love is not a memory we beg to stay. Love is not a promise that drifts away. Love is God. Love is God. If I sing with the tongues of angels and join their heavenly songs, if I trust in the God of heaven to bring America safely home, if I see through all mysteries and know all to be known, without love I am nothing at all. Without love we are nothing at all. Love is not a party, neither right or left. Love is not a mortal, even a government. Love is not a cause for our self-righteousness. Love is God. Love is God. If I give up all my treasure, everything all I own, if I care for the homeless and buy them all a home, if I labor my life breathless, with nothing left but bones, without love I am nothing at all. 
Without love, we are nothing at all. Love gives your imagination eyes to see. Love opens the prison doors and sets the captives free. Love is forever and always will be God. And always will be God. Cause love is God. So my next podcast will be a bit controversial. It's titled Jesus Meets Cancel Culture. Looking forward to its release next month in May. And you guys have a blessed Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. And know you are loved.